Rambam, Mishneh Torah, Hilchais, the laws of Malve Veloiva, lending and borrowing. Pedic, Tisha Osar, chapter 19. Kishi Aleph, one. Again, these are the ABC bread and butter laws of lending and borrowing. We talked about this earlier, that there are three types of people one can owe money to. And they get to collect from three levels of real estate. Anybody who's in the real estate business knows that there are two ways to look at real estate. Number one is, what is it worth? What's the appraisal? But the fact that you get a piece of real estate appraised doesn't mean it's a great piece of real estate and doesn't mean it's so easy to sell. Then there's another categorization, and you say, what grade real estate is it? Is it grade A? That you can sell like this. There'll be a bidding war. Is it grade B? Is it average? Or is it grade C? Is it junk? Now, junk also has value, but try and sell it. So, as time went on, our sages ordained the following rules. That if your ox hurts somebody's property, or you damage, or you hurt somebody, you cause damage to someone else, that person collects cash or can collect from your best property. Edis, the best property. The expression in Gemara is Edis, Edit. The best. Originally, by Torah law, a creditor could only collect from the grade C property, from the worst property. But our sages saw that people stopped making loans because they were told to go to the junk property. So our sages instituted a rabbinic ordinance that creditors should be able to go to benonis, to intermediate property, to grade B. A woman who wants to collect money from her ketuba, she goes to grade C property, if the properties exist. That's what this chapter is about. When the courts go down to the possessions of the borrower to collect, a creditor should collect only from grade B property, called in halacha, Benonit. Bedin Torah by Torah law. Sheyig Babalchei by Torah law. Creditors should collect minazibudis from the worst properties. Why? Where do we see that? Very simple. We talked about this earlier. Shenemar, as the verse says, a guy comes to collect money. The Torah says, Bachutz Talmud, you, Mr. Creditor, you stand outside the guy's door. <clears throat> you can't violate his property. You got to stand on the porch. And the fellow from whom you're collecting, Yotzi, he should bring out his collateral outside. What do you think he's going to bring you? He's going to bring you the junk. Nobody brings out the best. What does a person bring when his creditor is outside banging the door down? He's going to bring his junk. He's going to bring his broken toaster. Avol, however, this didn't go off too far because people stopped lending money. 
remember, there's no interest being charged here. It's a mitzvah. So he says, leave me alone. I don't want to lend you money. You bring me your broken toaster when you have no money to repay it. Therefore, our sages ordained that if you're going to go collect real estate, you take the B property, the medium property, so that, this is a famous saying, so that people not slam doors in the face of borrowers. I'd like you to lend me money. Slam! Why? Because last time I had to get your broken toaster. When does this apply? If he comes to collect from the borrower himself. If he's coming to collect from the orphans, from the estate, whether minor or majority age, here there's no reason to slam doors. Here he gets from the worst of the property because this is from the estate. The guy died and so on. This is an axiomatic rule. We never, ever, ever collect from properties that are leaned if there are free properties. In other words, if you have a property that's been sold even though you have a lien on it, and you have properties that were not sold, you have to go for the not sold properties first. Because the borrower has properties that were not sold. The borrower had three properties. He sold one of them. He has two left. Don't, borrow the, don't bother the buyer. Even if the properties that were left with the borrower were grade C. They were the worst. They were in Pacoima. Not that there's anything wrong with that. And the lean properties, Bainanis, were great B, were mediocre. Aegis, or the best, but they were sold. Whether he sold them, or he gifted them. And here, you can expropriate the free properties. I'm sorry, I, I said that wrong. Even if the free properties were the worst properties and the lean properties were medium or the best, whether he gave them or he sold them, we can only take from free properties. But if the free properties were flooded and inundated and ruined with floods, then they're worthless. So yes, you go to the Buyer and take the property that has been sold, being that the property was ruined, it's as if they don't exist. Gimel 3. Here the plot thickens. Mr. A sold all of his fields to Mr. B. So now, Shimon, Mr. B, owns all of Ruven's fields. Shimon went. The buyer went and sold one of those fields to a second buyer, we'll call him Levi. And remember, Reuben, the first, the seller, he owed money. He was a borrower. His lender came, Litreif, to foreclose, to expropriate property. Why? Because Reuben says, got no money, honey. So you go to his fields, but his fields were sold. So does he go to Shimon? who bought all his fields, or does he go to Levi, who bought a field from Shimon? The answer is he goes where he wants to. If 
Ruvain's lender wants to go to the field that is now in Shimon's property, buyer number one, go for it. He wants to go to Levi, buyer number two, go for it. Why? Because they were all leaned. Because the lean happened before the sale. Ahmed, what am I going to win? Does all this apply? Kishalokach Levi Bainan is when the second buyer, we're calling him Levi, purchased a B property, a mediocre property. And remember, lenders take from B properties. Ah, Idis but if Levi bought a A property or a C property, ain't it me Levi? Levi protected himself. Levi's a smart guy. He did research. He found out that the only one that has a lien on these properties is a creditor. Creditors take from mediocre properties. So he bought the best or the worst to protect himself. Because he says to him, Levi says, what do you think, mister? You think I'm stupid? You think I'm as dumb as I look? It is for this reason that I troubled myself. And I purchased, saw that field, that you can't collect, because you can only collect from intermediate properties. That's why I bought an A or C property. So don't bother me, and go to Shimon. So also if Levi bought an intermediate property, okay, so that's perfect. But he left in Shimon's domain, buyer number one, a property just like it. Ain't it tateth me, Levi? There's no reason the lender should go to Levi when he has Shimon who was first in line. Because Levi can argue and say, Why are you coming to me? When I bought my property from Shimon, I left you intermediate property to collect from. Don't bother me. Dalit for Kvarbiyarnu, we already explained earlier. Shani Zokin, that people who do damage, Shomin Lohem, they, their damages have, are evaluated and then expropriated from the A properties, the Idis, from the number one property, the A properties. Ubalchev and the creditor, Bebeninus, the intermediate properties, Uksubas Isha, and the Ksuba of a woman, of a wife, Biziburis, she gets from the worst, from the great C properties. That's the system. Hayule Idis Viziburis. So therefore, what if somebody had grade A and grade C? He doesn't have grade B property. Nizokin be'idis, damages go to grade A. The woman collects her ksuba from grade C. What about the creditor? He's downgraded. He's not upgraded to A, but he's downgraded to C. What if he had grade A and grade B? Nizokin damages go beidus to grade A property. The woman is now upgraded. There is no grade C, so she gets grade B along with the creditor. What if he only had grade C property and grade B? Then the damages and the creditor get grade B. And the woman gets grade C. What if he sold three properties to three people at the same moment. Which means that none of them preceded any others in time. They all take the place of the owner. And 
damages Teref and expropriate Minoridis from the best, or Balchayv and a creditor Teref takes from the buyer. Minoridis is from the intermediate, took Subas Isha, and the wife takes from Minoridis from sea property. Mechoron Zeh, Lozeh Achazeh, what if he sold first to one buyer, then to another buyer, then to a third buyer? Kulon Terfin Mena Achran. Whether it is the person who's collecting damages, debts, or the ksuba, they all take from the last property, <coughs> because that was the last free property. Lehispik, there wasn't enough. Terfin Mishal Lepanim, they go back to the second. Lehispik, there wasn't enough. Terfin Mishal Lepanim, they go back to the first. Even if the last property was a C property, it makes no difference. That was the only free property. Because the buyer says to the one who's coming to expropriate, you cannot take my property. I left you space. Vov 6. He sold them to one person, one after the other. The buyer takes the place of the borrower. I'm wondering when does this apply? If the last purchase was the best, if the last purchase was great sea, they all collect from Ziburis. From great sea, because the owner says to the guy who's coming to expropriate to the lender, when he comes to collect from the field that was sold first, I left you a place to collect. And why doesn't he say, if he, le- if he bought Edis last, that the woman and the creditor should all collect from the grade A property that was purchased last, because this is actually an ordinance ordained to benefit the buyer. And here the buyer says, I'm not looking for this ordinance. Let everybody collect what they're supposed to. Zion 7, he sold them to one person. One after the other. And the best property was sold. A grade A property was sold last. And then the buyer went. And sold the grade C and B property. And left grade A. With himself, Kulam gave him, you know, Edis, they all take from the Edis because that's his. Because he has nothing to push them off with. Machar Edis, if he sold the best, he sold the grade A property, and left grade B and C, and he zok him damages, take from, you know, Edis, take from the best, in the second buyer's domain, or Baal Chayb, and the creditor, and the Ksuba of the woman, of the wife, gave him, collect me, Benis, Mizibudis, Shashir, Lefana, from the intermediate, from the B and the C. Ches, the closing paragraph. Very interesting scenario. If somebody borrowed from somebody. And then the borrower went and sold all of his holdings to two people. The borrower wrote a document to the second buyer. I'm sorry. The lender, not the borrower, the lender wrote a document to the second buyer. And he says, listen, I, Mr. Lender, am willing to give you a document that says, I will not bother you. I have no business with you. Which means that the lender is willing to 
exempt this buyer from any foreclosure. And they make a token symbolic act called a kinyan, which affirms the strength of it in halacha. The word token is wrong. It's a very powerful act, a kinyan. Because of this, the lender cannot go collect from the first buyer. Why? Just because he made a deal with the second buyer, he should be able to collect from the first buyer. Shari Emerle, because the first buyer can tell him, when I bought this property, I left you room, I left you a field to collect from your borrower, from the property, that the second buyer purchased. You did a deal with the second buyer, that's your problem. You brought the loss upon yourself. No one asked you to enter into a private deal with the second buyer that you won't bother him. And you voluntarily removed yourself. You suffer. So he can't actually collect now from either buyer. Who had been the same law applies Isha to a woman with her ksuba. In cost for the shame, if the woman went and wrote to the second buyer, I will not bother you to expropriate my ksuba, because I guess it was her brother-in-law, what have you. Ibda so she now lost any possibility to collect her ksuba. She can't go to the first one. Because the first one will tell her, the first buyer will tell her, I left your room with the second one. Nobody asked you to make a deal with the second buyer. But if the deal of I will not bother you to collect <clears throat> was made by the creditor or the wife with the first buyer, there's no reason that a lender cannot collect from the second one, of course. What if the borrower sold the field to the buyer? Buyer number one sold it to buyer number two. Because of and the lender wrote a document to buyer one. I have no business with you. I won't bother you. I won't foreclose from you. The economy, and they made a acquisition, a Kenyan. This is interesting. The deal that was made between the creditor and the buyer was made with the first buyer. The first buyer sold the field to the second buyer. The lender can now go and expropriate from the second buyer. What, says the second buyer, when I bought the field, you showed me your document, but it's not, it doesn't apply. You, the document does not carry over to you. So what happens now? The first buyer can go back and sue the borrower, Shari because he guaranteed him. But the guarantee didn't work because the buyer number one sold it to buyer number two. But the Keach Sheni, the second buyer, he's out the field. He can go expropriate the field from the first buyer because he bought it. Shari because he sold it to him. So every time it's expropriated, it's taken back. This can go on forever. And forever is a very long time. The creditor goes 
and takes it from the second guy. Bechazer Chalila, and the circle repeats itself. This keeps happening. Actually, Yasuf Shorah Beinem, they're going to have to negotiate a settlement. The same law applies if it's not a creditor, but it's Aisha, it's the woman, the wife, the Ksubasa with her Ksuba. This is a technical conundrum. It just goes round and round and round. End of chapter 19.